Okay, before we jump into today's show, I've got an exciting opportunity to share with you. We know that stress is at an all-time high, right? We can't hide from it. We've got to learn to deal with it and do that better. And so what we've done is we've created the free stress less challenge, right? So we're going to share some very simple and practical ways that you can begin to mitigate and deal with stress immediately. Plus, when you sign up for the free challenge, you're going to be entered uh, into our monthly giveaway. Uh, and we're giving away our immunity stack, which is three premium supplements from Peak Energy Nutrition. And we want to help you get your immunity ready for anything. And so to register, go to stressless.peakenergynutrition.com. That's stressless.peakenergynutrition.com to sign up and get entered into the free giveaway. Now to our show. everyone. Welcome to the Stewardship of You. This is a Peak Energy Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Greg Darley. Now, we spend a lot of time with leaders and experts trying to learn how we can better steward ourselves, right? Talking about our energy, our health, because it's difficult to do anything when you're low on energy, especially leading, right? So as a thank you today for listening, you can use the code podcast at peakenergynutrition.com for 10% off your entire order. These are premium supplements to help busy leaders. Again, that code is podcast. It's peakenergynutrition.com. Remember, you owe it to those you lead and those you love to bring your best energy. All right, let's get to it. I am excited about today's guest. Um, Stephen Gibbs is a friend of mine and the senior pastor at Stone Creek Church located in Milton, Georgia. They also are launching a second campus and they actually I guess technically have a third campus uh, uh, over uh, over the pond uh, in in uh, it's, it's Belgium I believe uh, yeah I think that's yeah, right in Brussels in, yeah, in, yeah. in Brussels uh, Steven's the primary communicator there uh, he's super passionate about just connecting with people reaching them uh, and seeing Jesus transform their lives uh, he's married's got four children um, yeah, he's, he's just an all-around awesome leader. It's been really fun to get to know over the last few years, and I'm super excited to have him with us today. Hey, welcome to the show, friend. Man, thanks. So good to be with you. I'm excited about, obviously, this topic. Uh, I mean, that intro was amazing, so I appreciate that. But yeah, I, it's good to be with you, see your face a little bit, but to talk so other people can maybe learn a little bit about this thing. Well, hey, as we jump in here, I'd love, give us a quick flyby. Uh, of your journey, right? Uh, how long have you been at Stone Creek? Kind of what led you to that? Uh, just give us kind of that, hey, that flyover so people have a pretty good perspective of where we're coming from today. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, graduated from college, wasn't, I wasn't a pastor. It wasn't always my dream to be a pastor. Um, but I took a job as an actuary right out of college. A lot of people don't know what that is, and it would probably take too long to explain. But just think of financial architecture uh, for insurance companies. So it requires a lot of heavy duty math skills. So I was a numbers guy, gave my life to Christ in my mid twenties. And then just really felt like, uh, man, God was calling me to be a leader in the church. So dropped that, went to, got a master's degree, ended up at a couple of churches, um, on staff. And then in 2000, Debbie and I moved here with our four kids. Of course, they were super small then and moved here to help start Stone Creek, uh, back in 2000 in a, Portable environment, learning all the you know the nuances of that and the changes that, and the unexpected expectations that happen, and then 
uh, 15 years ago, I became the senior pastor. So I've been the senior pastor here for 15 years. Uh, and man, just a great community, great group of people. I uh, mean, they love uh, their staff. They love us really well. It was great for my family. So it's been a really, really good journey for me. That's awesome. Well, I thought it would be really cool to start. So one of your recent messages, you know, I was doing my homework. Uh, you, were talk, <laughs> you were talking about the connection with peace and anxiety, right? And so you said this, yeah. you said, you said anxiety literally pulls us apart, right? Now, as someone, yeah. I've shared this with, with our listeners before and friends know this, like I've wrestled with anxiety for, for a while and it, it, it ha- I have ups and downs and, you know, some seasons it's great. Some seasons it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, if you will. Uh, and as I was listening to that, I was like, oh, like this idea of it does, it just, it pulls you apart. It's like, no, I want to be asleep, but I'm thinking about that. Or I want to be focusing, but I'm worried about that. And so I love, yeah. will you dive into that? Like, what, what do you mean it pulls us apart and kind of just, yeah, dive more into that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fellow uh, sufferer with you there, uh, Greg, when it comes to anxiety. I can remember being 10 years old. I was having some stomach issues, and my mom took me to the doctor, and I was sitting up on the table, and he walks in, and he points to my leg that's going back and forth. on the. He's like, what's that about? And so he, he, he identified anxiety in me really quick. Uh, I tell the story about the first house we bought. Um, we bought the house, you know, got the keys, went through closing, wrote that big check, and signed all those papers. And I go into the house, Debbie goes to Walmart to buy some cleaning supplies. And I literally laid in the floor in a fetal position because I just thought I'd ruined our financial future, you know? And so I definitely, you know, can identify with this. And I know what happens because what happens is these thoughts kind of come into your mind and it's not just thoughts, right? It triggers so much else in the rest of your body. For me, it's a stomach issue. Uh, My stomach just turns upside down or I can't sleep. You wake up in the middle of the night. And so you have these thoughts, these thoughts that you know you should be thinking, but then the ones of this uh, per- potential doom in your future. And so you're not able to really focus on anything um, and you're not present, right? Because you're always thinking about things that, uh, you know, that they would say 85% of which never happen. So, yeah, and it just pulls your mind apart, which pulls everything apart and you have no focus. No, that's well. It's funny you're talking about not maybe not funny. That's just something I say. I, I probably need a new expression. Yeah. But it's interesting, it. you know, the idea of like with your stomach. That's that's where you know connects and and is a part. You know, where 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 you really feel that. And you know what's interesting when I really started diving in and trying to understand how anxiety works. And it's really funny that the the experts, you know, they're all over the place. It's like, you know, it could be this and it could be that. There's, there's so many things. There's so much, so much we don't know. But one of the things that seemed to be a common thing with it was with those that suffer from anxiety and depression and some other things, there typically is a lack of serotonin or they have lower amounts, right? That's a, just a hormone in our body. And so I started digging into that and I'm like, well, hey, if if I'm having anxiety and they're saying people with anxiety don't have enough serotonin, give me the serotonin, baby. How do I get that? So I go on this whole, you know, journey of trying to figure out, well, then it was interesting with serotonin. Again, it's a chemical, uh, a hormone that, you know, triggers stuff in your mind. It basically makes you feel good. It makes you calm those things. Mm-hmm. Well, only 10% of serotonin is, is found in your brain. 90% of it is in your gut. Mm, yeah. Right. So this idea, so I mean, that that was really I share that story years ago. That's that's really what started my journey down this whole idea of energy and biohacking and just trying to figure this stuff out. But there is a direct connection between your stomach 
and you know how you think and feel and so it's one of those where it's like man that totally i I totally get that if you just you cramp up and it's like well it's because there is a direct you know connection there you know with that um so what how do you counsel someone what's the i come to you and i'm like steven man i'm man i'm wrestling with this yes especially for someone if they've never they haven't gotten to that point. Right. I mean, I've seen therapists, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this a lot. I've researched a lot, but you know, I can remember in the very beginning, it's like, I feel so weird. I feel so kind of like, what is wrong with me? Am I crazy? Like I have all these, you know, these thoughts in my head and it's like, okay. Then, you know, when my therapist was like, man, no, these are normal thoughts, you know, like yeah. these things happen in your life and it triggers this. I'm like, of course they would, you know, that happened and that happened. Of course that would trigger something. So what do you counsel someone that maybe, Man, I have no idea what's going on. I've never experienced this, right? You know, I haven't, I haven't taken those steps before. Stephen, what do I do? Like, what's the, what, what do you say to them? Yeah, I, you know, I try to find, see if there's any underlying cause, and generally it's just life. And so uh, I think that I'll ask a few questions around, tell me about how you're sleeping. Uh, tell me about your schedule. Tell me about your exercise. Uh, tell me about your routine. I'll try to find out some of the, because it's like you said, your gut. I mean, what is it you're having for breakfast? Oh, I skipped breakfast. Oh, okay. Um, and, and are you intermittent fasting? Is that what you're doing? You do it on purpose or you do it because you're running so fast? So I probably would find out a lot more about their physical schedule and their habits on a daily basis, their disciplines. I'm a fairly, I'm a fairly disciplined person and that's some of that's personality because I just like routine. Um, but, and I think there's this excuse that creatives like to use sometimes, like I'm a night person, I'm creative. I, I don't have a, schedule. I think that's a, just a person who's trying to um, underachieve in their life, if I'm just being honest. But uh, I think everybody uh, has a routine you can get into, and it includes everything. It includes what I eat. It includes my exercise level. It includes how I think about what I'm going to wear and the decision fatigue that you can have. And I try to try to minimize and simplify their life to the core essentials. If you can do that, I think it helps people kind of block out some of the noise it's causing the anxiety. Someone else, someone wants to join the interview. Hey, well then, what, so with you and those, you know, a schedule and I, I mean, I'm hoping an actuary, you know, is disciplined and, and organized. So that's good uh, for the, for the details, but for you, what, what happens or what do you notice in your schedule? If something gets like, what's something that's like, Hey, that's off. And you're able to look back like, Oh, well that's off that when that happens, of course, it's going to lead, you know, me down this trail. I don't, I don't want to go. What are, what are some of those things like in your schedule or in your, your routines that, that if they get off, you just know, like, man, I've got to fix this. Yeah. Number one is my morning routine. I mean, number one, if I, if I don't have a morning routine where I get up at the same time and I do the same thing. So I, I've, I've got to kind of list it out. I, don't, I mean, obviously I don't have to write out cause I know every morning. So I get up, I go to the bathroom, I weigh myself, I get a cup of coffee. I sit down with my Bible. And I, you know, just to have some alone time, some think time. So I know if I don't start the day with that, man, I'm toast. The day is going to hell in a handbasket. And I think the next piece of that for me is going to be some form of workout. So, you know, and in different seasons, it's at different times of the day. But I don't go into the day thinking, I hope I get to work out. I go into the day knowing when I'm going to work out and what I'm going to do. Am I going to jog today? I'm going to lift weights. Am I just going for a hike? Uh, am I going to, you know, get on the treadmill, whatever it is. So, those are the two big ones, me, that morning routine, and then when I'm going to work out. And then, you know, outside of that, I, I go to bed at a decent hour every night, right? I'm winding down. I don't just walk in the door at, you know, 1030 and try to get in the bed. 
I, I have a wind down so that when I'm ready to go to sleep, man, I'm just, I go to sleep. I think we talked about this, Greg, if I get still or vertical, or I mean, excuse me, horizontal is over. I'm going to sleep. So I think those are the big three for me, that morning routine, that workout. And then, Hey, what about my, what about my sleep routine? Yeah, I think that's, that's so practical. It's so helpful in the sense that I know when I'm wrestling with, you know, anxiety or if, if I'm having, and some of that's just my personality too. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I, I, it's the combination. I'm a visionary and future thinker. I'm constantly thinking about it, but that's also what worries me. It's like, Oh, well, what if, and, and, and if this happens oh, or yeah. man, my leg is hurting. It's like, you know, am I sore? Or do I have a tumor? You know, it's like, what, what, where did that come from? You know, it's like, I'm worried about oh, yeah. thinking about that, that crazy stuff. But the, the thought of the routine and just the, cause you talked about the, the, decision fatigue you know and there's different studies on that some some you know say yes that's a real thing some say not but you know for me personally i just i feel like it is because it's like i know i don't make great decisions at night you know it's like man i can i can yeah. eat really healthy in the morning and for lunchtime but yeah. then entering late it's like man that that's dark chocolate i know it's supposed to be healthier but sure you know i, I can have two pieces or, or whatnot that's just a pound yeah. of that's bad <laughs> exactly but i feel like those <laughs> having that just schedule and that just things that you do, you know? And so, yeah. I mean, I have a, you know, have a few things for me similar of that. If I know when I do those things, my day is just going to go better, you know? So for yeah. me, uh, I've, I've been very intentional about breath work over the last few months of actually just taking yeah. time uh, to help with my nervous system, calm it down and prepare it. Um, and what's crazy is that I went on a long run the other day, longest run I've done in a while. Cause I've, I actually have been kind of battling some, some lingering injuries. And so I haven't done a lot of long runs, yeah. but I've been doing a lot of breath work mm -hmm. and my, my, uh, my, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My endurance was way better than it was months ago. It's crazy of just oh, I've been wow. doing much breath work. I've yeah. been doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cardio and I felt great. I mean, I ran for almost, yeah. almost 50 minutes, you know, and wow. anyway, it was, it was, so that's, yeah. that's one of the things for me. So, you know, so we're having a pretty frank discussion and, and, and open about this. And thanks for sharing that, um, you know, and just being open. With I had this saying, by the way, when I, as you know, I just celebrated 20 years here. So they gave me a lot of paraphernalia and they gave me a, they gave me a Bible on the Bible. And I know not everybody may be uh, following Jesus listening to this, but on the Bible, it says no Bible, no breakfast. Right. So that's kind of a, a decision I preloaded into my life that every morning, that's just the way this is going to go down. And, um, if I find if I do slip up on that, you know, those are the things that you can decide ahead of time. And as many as those you can decide ahead of time, the better your day's going to go. Um, and that's just who I am. I've made that decision. No, that's really good. I mean, that's the, the, the pre-decision. That was something that I learned about years ago. And it's so true. If, if I wait till I'm in the moment to make a decision, I'm not gonna make the right decision, right? You know, if I wait, hard. if, if, if when I, when I'm, when I'm really dialed in on my nutrition yeah, and, I, and I'll go through a season, you know, I'll go through seasons ups and down, but there are times when I get really dialed in, I am trying to cut weight or, you know, getting, getting shape yeah. for, for a race that I'm doing or something. I just make those decisions. Hey, I'm not, I know what I'm going to eat, know what I'm not. And then when I don't, if I'm not one of those seasons, it's like, yeah, the kids say they want to make an apple pie. It's the kids. I can't say no. You yeah, know, and all of a sudden yeah. you're just I'll wait till the moment. It's like, oh, Greg, you, yeah. you want some pie? Ooh, yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Give me ice cream on top of that as well. You know? Yeah, but, dude. Cause we, we suck making decisions in the moment, man. We do. You have to, you have to preload as much as possible, especially when it comes to your appetites like that 
eating or exercise or sleep, you got to decide ahead of time, man. Yeah. I love that. I love that. But so, so what I was thinking about was, you know, we're, we're, we're talking pretty open here and, and I love that. And I was just thinking like, I don't know, like I haven't found a statistic on this or, or a study and I'm always looking for things like this, but I haven't seen one that talks about, you know, it, has there been an increase with leaders, you know, and or pastors that, you know, are, are, are wrestling with anxiety or depression or, or maybe it's just more people are, are talking about it. You know, I'm not really kind of sure what the reality is, but I'm just, I'm curious from kind of your conversations with friends and colleagues and things like that of what do you, what do you think is causing this? Are it, it, is it on the rise or people just more comfortable talking about it? Like, I don't, I don't remember a lot of people talking about this when I was younger, you know, so I don't know. Something's changing. I'm just curious from your perspective. Like, what do you think? What's changing that? Yeah. So a little background on that. My father suffered from clinical depression and it was the big taboo. And I grew up just like, Oh no, I hope nobody finds out. Um, but I do think that some of that is going away. So people are more comfortable talking about it than they have been. But man, the reality is it's crazy right now. And pastors that I talk to, friends that I talk to, the level of anxiety is just up because there's so much uncertainty. Um, there's so much still up in the air. There's so much that's changed and different that, that anxiety has definitely gone through the roof. I mean, we've seen much more in the way of counseling on for suicides, depression, those kind of things. Um, and we have a, sta- a counselor on our staff who also does some private practice and his, his practice is going through the roof. But uh, when I'm in a room of pastors, we'll go around and say, how are you doing? And in- inevitably, the first word is tired, man, we're just tired. And I think that's true across the board in every profession. Um, and then church has been so disrupted uh, in the way that we're having to do church that, you know, you not only did you not take a seminary class on it, nobody's ever experienced it before. And so that's just going to lead to anxiety when there's this uncertainty about decisions for the future. So, yeah, not I think people are more comfortable talking about it, but clearly uh, it's 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 at an all time high. When it comes to making a decision then where, you know, it's one of those where it's, it has, is it really any different, you know, at this point? I mean, it, maybe it feels different, but the reality is, is that we've never known the future, right? We've never, you know, there's, totally. there's never been then the clarity, you know, exactly what's going to happen in the future. But when you are making a decision, then I'm curious on this of, all right, what's the, what's your thought process? What are the prayers? What's the, is there a matrix when you're, you're trying to make a decision? Hey, I don't, we don't know if this is the right move or not. So it's, I mean, thinking about, you know, do we start, when do we start meeting back in person? Like those kind of things. What's the, what's that process for you of here's how we're going to make this decision. We don't know. We don't have all the answers. We don't know everything that's coming, but here's how we're going to make this decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. You've never known the future. I think we know. I've never known how to. I'm just gonna have to decide on the basics of what we do, either. You know, like meeting. So that's a great one. I think the first thing I'm always doing, like, okay, am I feeling a sense of fear around this? You know, is this a decision I'm gonna be good with, or is this a decision I'm actually? Man, I've got some fear about making the wrong decision. I need to get that on the table because, um, like, you can't make decisions based out of fear. You have to make decisions based out of faith in my line of work. Uh, I'm also going to look at, Hey, not, I'm not, you have to really struggle in times of stress because your, your natural tendency is going to be to, you know, to kind of protect yourself and survive. And so I have to look out and say, okay, what's best for other people? 
what's best for the staff, what's best for our community. Cause as a church, we have to be looking at the community. That's why we're here. And so what's best for the community. So I want to be sure I'm not looking internal, but I'm looking external. Uh, and then, then there's those typical voices. Like, do I care, you know, if someone were to criticize this decision, would I feel good about that? Uh, you know, because, you know, if you make big decisions, if you're, if you make more than a tweak, you're going to get more than likely get criticized. I don't get it. We don't get a ton of that, but am I going to fit, you know, the whole Washington post test. If somebody faces puts this on the Washington post, I think the last one, Greg, is that, man, I want to be sure that I hear from other people because they may have more energy than me. They may have cl more clarity of thought than me. And so I always think that collaboration is going to be the best, especially in times of stress. Now the problem with, that though is in times of stress like this, your timeline is so stinking short on so many decisions. You don't have a lot of time now, like you did in the past, maybe. So, uh, but I do like to bring, I, you know, the Bible's clear on that and advice of counselors, I mean, there's wisdom. And so I want to bring other people in and then we can, and we can, you know, fill in each other's gaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I really like that. The, one of the things that I, I spend a lot of time with leaders talking about when it comes to their energy is just the, the impact that mindset has on it. Like, so your, your vantage point or how you, the filter that you run things through just has a huge impact, you know, on, on how things play out, how your energy, your health, all that, that's just a trickle down, uh, you know, how you view things. I was uh, read, reading something about Thomas Edison and this just like, because I, I, I'm, I'm not really a, a glass, uh, a glass is half full type of guy. Uh, I'm, I'm just, some of it's just my history of, of, of places I've worked and just seeing a lot of bad. I mean, I, you know, I worked in the kind of justice, you know, world for a long time. So I've, I've just seen the really ugly of humanity. And so I, yeah. I'm a little jaded in that, but you know, so this, this is a work in progress for me, I'll be honest. But I was reading this thing about this little quote about a little story about Thomas Edison, where after years, you know, his, his whole lab burned down. Right. So years wow. of research and prototypes and, you know, there's, they're at backup hard drives, you know, I was like say, that, that's right? not online. Yeah. You know, and it was just, uh, you know, every basically, you know, I mean, how many millions of dollars worth of ideas and stuff and research, whatever is, is, is going up in flames, but he's sitting there, someone like found him and they like rushed to the scene and said they had like firemen from like 10 different towns coming and, his son was with him and he said, I need you to run home and get your, I think he said mother and sisters or mother and her friends, tell them to get down here immediately. They're never going to see a fire like this again in their life. Cause there was like, they had all these chemicals. And so it was like green flames and like just all this stuff. And his son's like, you know what in the world, but his, his mindset and his perspective was, this is an opportunity. You're yeah. never going to see this again. <clears throat> and you know, his first thought is, oh, crap. You know, there goes millions of dollars of investors and, you know, research and stuff I want to recreate. Uh, but just that mindset. And so I've, I've, I've been thinking a lot about 2020 and just the, you know, it was really easy to kind of jump in the, you know, on, on, on the bandwagon of the memes of, you know, 2020 sucks or, you know, if 2020 were, oh, yeah. you know, a sandwich, it would be, you know, egg salad or whatever it is. It's like, yeah. you know, just bashing 2020. And it's like, man, I don't want to waste. I mean, yeah, I've, I mean, I, I, we've experienced it too. Like I, I've had, you know, multiple things that just have gone wrong and, you know, not how we expected, but I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about that of like, man, no, there's still been some goods and there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, 
this podcast is starting, you know, in the middle of a pandemic totally. you know, type of deal. So I know there's some good here, but I'm just curious for what, what have you seen from a 2020 perspective of, Hey, yeah, that, and that, and that, and that all sucks. But you know what? And this has been great. Like here is, here's this diamond in the rough. Here's this silver lining. Here's something that got I me. Mean, God's been working. You know, what's that like what, something for you or something maybe from, from Stone Creek that you've seen that you would point to and say, you know what? No, this, this actually been really good. I think disruptions are always good, especially in your relationship with God, because what happens is we all get into a ritual and a routine and, and we should have routines, but sometimes that becomes our connection to God. Our routine does and not the relationship we have with Jesus. And so for me, routine being disrupted has just shown me some weak spots. So for per- personally, it's sh- it shown me how independent I want to be and, um, that's not the way to live that I'm, I'm dependent on God. So I think that's one thing, um, you know, for, for people who have kids that are at home, for instance, somebody like you, um, yeah, you know what, that's, that's different. That's harder, but you had this time that is, uh, man, you couldn't have planned it. And especially for parents of college kids. Um, again, I get it. They're ready to be gone. However, you have this time that God wants to use to redeem that. And so I think some of those things that are more on the, that we were forced in some different kind of relationships, and I think that's helped. Um, you know, I look at, at church specifically and like what's been good and what, what, how does it show me to live life differently, man? And, I, and it is, I see how much I really do like being around people, not that I don't, but, uh, but how much I miss that and how much I want to invest in people. And so I think that's the thing. I really think the real test would would have been is if the internet actually went away, that would be, that would be devastating. Um, but outside of that, we've been able to do some things. We're having this podcast. We've had, I know a lot of people hate zoom meetings. I'm like, it's just show me another way to do uh, meetings and I don't have to get in the room with you. Hey, let's just do it real quick right now. Let's zoom it in. So I think there's those things, but again, the relational side is always going to be what it gets highlighted in times like these as being the, the, the missing factor in our lives. Yeah. What'd you learn, man? What, what about you? Um, I mean the, the time thing. All right. I mean, so, you know, we have, we have three kids in school yeah, you know, and so all of a sudden I've got three kids at home. Um, you know, I, I am a pretty much fanatic when it comes to my sleep and trying to figure out how do I help my kids in that. I mean, I just, I've read so much yeah. research on it and just the, you know, there's so many warnings of early start times for kids is just terrible for their health, for their immunity, for their learning, for their memory, for their emotions, all this stuff. And yeah. so for me, it's like, you know, like we don't have to use an alarm clock and my kids get the amount of sleep that they need right now. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, so that's been really, but, yeah. but they, they're home, you know? And so it's my, like my youngest, she is the most affectionate. And so she'll come in and knock on my door and just walk into my office. I'll be in, I mean, I've been in the middle of podcast interviews or talking with a client or writing. I'm working on a new book right now. So that's, I mean, that's positive. I've got time that's to awesome. write. Yeah. Yeah. She'll just, she'll just come in and just hug me. Don't say anything. She'll literally just come in, hug me and then turn around and leave. Oh, you know, I'm like, awesome. you, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't buy that. I mean, there, there, I mean yeah. there's no, there's no price on that. Right. So, so that's been good. Um, you know, the thing too is, and I've told clients this, I've told friends this, and then I have to remind myself of this, of if ever there was a time, a season where you can just try stuff and yeah. if it bombs or if it sucks or if it fails or whatever, it'd be like, eh, there was a pandemic going on. Right. You know, so yep. 
you know, this is, I mean, I thought, you know, um, I mean, I, this podcast has been something I've been thinking about. I've been, I've been working on this book, Stewardship of You, for years and finally realized, like, man, there's some other people that could speak into this. So we start this podcast, right? So there, yeah. there, is, there is that there. Uh, again, the time, you know, is the, you know, people are focused and, and, and I mean, my family included and, and friends of, hey, let's focus on our immunity and let's, let's make sure we don't get sick. And it's like, okay, instead yep. of, you know, and not, not to get political, but, you know, hey, I'm spending more time focused on, not do I have the sanitizer or the mask in my car? It's the, have I gotten enough vitamin D? Have I eaten enough vegetables today? You know, have I, have I taken my supplements? Do I have enough magnesium? All those things. You yeah. Know, vitamin so let's, D, all the things. Yeah. You know, uh, let's build that up. So I, I think there is a lot. I mean, there's obviously been disappointment, you know, stuff's been canceled. My, uh, my wife's parents, you know, we had to cancel. They had their 50th wedding anniversary. We had a, you know, a family trip that gets canceled or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, there still has been a lot of good, a lot of, um, a lot of time. I really think it, like you said, it's the time that's just like, wow, there's, you know, even that's something you don't ever get back. I can get, I can get, I can get back missed meetings. I can get back, you know, missed movies and, um, you know, what's, you know, whatever release date, you know, wasn't, wasn't, um, whatever movie was pushed back. Oh, we'll get to see that eventually, but you know, you don't, you don't get back, you know, you don't get back third grade, you know, with your kids type of deal. No. Yeah. You don't, you don't get back those moments of character building and important conversations and all that, man. It's just a unique time to be, to be glad about. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, I've, so I've, I've been trying to be more intentional about my mindset on, yeah. So jumping on that bandwagon of like, yeah, like, Hey, when, you know, 2020 was, uh, you know, it was a great seven years, all that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, there was some stuff that stunk, but man, let's, let's make sure we're not yeah. missing an opportunity. Cause I, th- I think, I mean, I'm hoping, right. We'll look back in one, two, three, ten years and be like, Hey, remember, you know, that's when we started blank, you know, and I yeah. mean, you know, my wife has a travel business that I, I mean, I help some with it, but it's mainly hers. Like, you know, what do you do with that during a, you know, a global shutdown, right? Yeah. So we'll right. Build, we'll be able to point to and be like, Oh, you know, you know, I laugh and said, Hey, you know, Google, you know, and uh, you know, they started in the garage and, you know, and, and Apple starts during, you know, economic downturns and, you know, yeah. Disney was started during the depression, blah, blah, blah. And Hey, we started during a pandemic. That'll be our origin story, right? It'll be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. You know, it'll be fantastic. So one of the things, Greg, that I do, I, you know, because there is, you know, there does seem to be some bad news out there. And especially, I mean, if you think back to April, how quick everything was happening, I mean, I don't listen to the news in the morning. I don't have news alerts on my phone. I don't get up first thing and check the news. I don't check my email. I don't check social. Uh, I, you know, I, I get up and I've got that morning routine where I have something that's going to center my day. And it's that time where I can clear my mind. I can focus on God's word, no Bible, no breakfast. And even if, even if, um, even if I didn't, you know, read something out the the Bible that just jumped out at me, man, that's giving me time to kind of block out the negative. That just sets your tone for the rest of the day. The same way breakfast does, you know, that sets your mindset for the rest of the day. If you start off with news and there's a hurricane and a fire and a riot and all that stuff, there's no way to escape having a poor mindset. You can't escape it. Yeah. So I just, uh, there, previous uh, episode I, I did a little solo episode uh, a few a few episodes ago and it was yeah 10 ways to lower stress anxiety and worry 
and yeah. just practical things, some biohacks. But, you know, the very first one was stop looking at news, stop looking yeah. at headlines, cut off the alerts. You know, I mean, I, in March of you know 2020, I think I consumed more news than I had in a decade. I mean, I, I still, I don't look yeah. at news. I, de- I never watch local news, but you know, I just, I don't watch, you know, it's, there's just, it's not really helping me make decisions, right? There's not a lot there for me, you know, it's yeah. going to be helpful. And so I just, but then all of a sudden I was finding it. And of course I was worried and anxious more, you know, I wasn't sleeping great in March. And oh, it's like, yeah. well, yeah, because I'm looking at, I would read CNN and then go to Fox news and then go to BBC and go to NPR. And then New York times is letting you read their stuff for free. <laughs> it's like, ah, you know, and so finally I just said, yes, I'm done. I'm done looking at news. Yeah. I just, you know, and so I, 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 I check it maybe once a week now just to make sure. Yeah. Hey, am I the only one? Like has the rapture happened? I want to make sure I'm not the only one here, but. Well, it they did send me back for you, Greg, but. <laughs> well, they, they, it's not helping me make better decisions, right? Right. You know? Um, yeah. You know, you know, I learned that through, the, you know, the four-hour work week, one of his tips is don't look at the news. So I literally say that, you know, I don't look at news on my computer. I just don't. And, um, and you know, there's an old saying that says this, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. And so if you're feeding your mind all this crap, then that's what's going to come out. And so, yeah, you don't, I, you know, in my line of work, I, you know, I try to keep a pulse on what's happening big picture, but yeah, you can get, you can follow news obviously for the rest, you know, 24 seven and still not consume all of it. Yeah. And the reality too, is that people, and, and I, I might get a little pushback on this, but I dare anyone to have a longer conversation with me and, and tell me I'm wrong at the re- at the end of the day, news sites, including social media sites, their job is not to give you news. Their goal is not to give you the news. Their goal is not to get you informed. Their goal is to make money. Yeah. And so it's the way they, they, exactly, it's clicks, it's views and, and fear sells. There's studies that say, yeah. you know, fear sells oh, more yeah. than anything else. Right. So yeah. that's, that's their job, you know? And so it's one of those where you got to take it to with a grain of salt because that's where, especially, I mean, even now that you see it, right. You'll see one headline that says, you know, this will help, you know, stop with, you know, this thing from happening. And then, the next, yeah. you know, the next de- the two articles down, it, it totally conflicts that, right? And it's like, you know, oh, so, yeah. you know, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, is it helping you make better decisions? Is it helping you, right. you know, do you have to have it for your job? I mean, obviously, if you're a, you know, uh, you know, a, a news telecaster, then the, you got to, you got to read the news. You got to know what's going on. Better but, know all you know, of it. Yeah. For me, it's like, hey, are the schools open? What's going to affect my family? How do I mean to make a decision? Like, how can I serve my clients? How can I serve leaders? You know, yeah. so, um, Hey, a couple of questions and, and then we'll wrap up. I, I'm curious from your perspective then. So you, you have been very intentional and are very intentional with your energy, your physical energy, your mental, you know, being healthy, understanding that those inputs affects, you know, your ability to lead. What then is your perspective and how do you view your role then as a leader to help those you lead? So those on your team or maybe even those in your congregation, how do you help them get, get to that same level, right? Or, or, or get to that place where, Hey, your health, your, you know, your, your sleep, what you eat, that's impacting your job. That's impacting your results. It's impacting your relationships. What do you think is your responsibility to help them in that? Yeah, especially 
Greg on our staff, you know, I do feel that, um, man, I have a high responsibility to train them in that and to, and I'll tell you a couple of different ways. I, Cause at the end of the day, if you're not available to lead, there's a problem. And, um, there's a lot of things that can keep you from being available. For instance, being sick because you don't take care of yourself or being low energy, being checked out of a conversation because you're distracted and your mind's divided. So, you know, first thing I would say is, man, I just try to model to the best I can. Listen, I'm not perfect. And they make fun of me about my eating habits and sleep habits and all that. Um, but they also get why I do those things. And so they're very aware of just my own different way, the ways that I get it right and the ways that I get it wrong too. I mean, they're very aware. And so I, I so we talk about, it's a natural part of conversation. So I think that I, I got a, I got a, you know, practice what you preach kind of idea. You know, I have one, you know, one guy on our team's lost like 70 pounds. Um, we've got, you know, guys that when we go, we do off sites, we all go together and they know I'm, they, they, they may stay up. I'm going to bed, uh, but I'll be up early and I'll be ready to go and I'll go throw water on them and wake them up. No. Um, so I think modeling it, but also I just try to provide different outlets. If I see somebody who seems tired or I know they've been burning the midnight oil just to get a project done or something, I'm like, Hey, take a week off. Here's a, here's a weekend for you and your wife. And I, and I tell them this all the time, Greg, I value more as a person than as a professional. And that I want them, if they, if they win at ministry and lose at home, they lose. And so that's the way, and they know that. And we talk, it's just a part of open conversation that that's, we're more interested in people growing and people becoming who God's created them to be and then be being great. And I believe at the end of the day, when that happens, God's going to use that to reach people and change the world. I love that. Uh, I got a bunch more questions. We could talk forever. I'll, uh, I want to be mindful of your time and, and our listeners too. Uh, hopefully you're doing what I do. People, you put it on two X. So you listen to it fast. Yeah. And I talk really fast. When I talk, uh, you know, I, I do that. Uh, I love it. I, I feel, I feel more, like I get more done when I, when I listen yeah. to stuff on two X, but Same here. Um, let, let's leave it there. Well, I'll have to have you on cause I've got more questions and I've just loved this, this, this conversation, but I appreciate what you're saying. I appreciate how you're leading. That is so refreshing. Um, that is, I know that's a very difficult thing for leaders. I mean, we, we are driven, we want results, you know, yeah. we want we want to change the world. We want, we want vision to come to reality and that takes hard work and sacrifice. But if we can't stay awake at the table, you know, if we can't engage in a conversation with our family, when we go home, then it's not worth yeah. it. And so I love yeah. that you're, you are practicing that and that you are sharing that and, and leading that way. And so, Hey, where, um, where can people find you? How can they learn more, stay in touch, that, that type of deal? I think the best way is going to be my Instagram handle S Gibbs 34 at S Gibbs 34 on Instagram. And of course you can follow me on Facebook too, Stephen Gibbs. You'll find me there. Um, and then just most of the stuff you'll see most of my content on our church website, stonecreek.church where you'll see our weekly teaching and different, uh, different videos that we put out, different content that we put out and generate can go straight from there. Cool. Awesome. Well, Hey man, thanks so much for joining us and I'll do for sure. We will see everyone next time. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Thanks everybody. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with your friends 
And if you really enjoyed it, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening, that would be a huge help so that other leaders can find us and learn more about what we're learning about. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your entire order at peakenergynutrition.com with the code podcast, 10% off your entire order. And remember, you owe it to those that you lead and to those that you love to bring your best energy. We'll see you next time.